Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft on the full and new moon every month. In this episode, I talk to Danae Sweet of the Witchy Woman podcast. Danae tells us about childhood orbs, using crystals as perimeter control, and tells us the story of how she got her latest horse. Now let's get to the stories. Hi, Danae. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so excited to have you finally. <laughs> I am too. I'm I'm stoked. Would you please introduce yourself and let everybody know where they can find you and what you do and throw out your socials? Okay, cool beans. So my name is Danae Sweet. Um, I am the host of Witchy Woman Podcast. Um, I am a witch, a psychic medium, all that jazz. You can find me at witchywomanpodcast.com on socials. Usually it's just at Witchy Woman Podcast, but on TikTok, it's at Witchy Woman Pod. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and the Tiki Talk. <laughs> and Twitter, but under on Twitter, it's Danae underscore sweet underscore. And you have a Patreon. Oh, I have Patreon too, but you can find that if you click on, go to Witchy Woman Podcast, click on Join the Coven, and that's how you find my Patreon. It's Witchy Woman Podcast as well. Recommend. Recommend. Join her Patreon. Yay! I'm a patron. <laughs> do it. <laughs> we have, it's fun. We have a online coven. That's kind of like what that is. The Patreon is like an online coven and we do cool stuff in there. And then um, I started doing like a episode thing where the coven is now part of the episodes basically it's like chaos but it's super <laughs> fun <laughs> it's a lot of fun i <laughs> cannot imagine doing that i love it Just it's based like, on trying to edit one person <laughs> yes Yes. Oh, I'm like, throw caution to the wind. And I'm like, screw it. I like just do it. And I don't edit it. I just let it go. Oh. Like, this is us raw. <laughs> so, what you hear is what you like, that is who we are. So yeah. And you do card pulls. And I finally was able to catch Yay. you on a live this week. So yes, yes. That's another do. thing you can get. Yes, we do uh, weekly card pulls from me, and then um, you're allowed to do card pulls during the week, um, like like the coven members. If you want to practice your divination skills, you can do live card pulls in there if you want to. Um, and then we do like group um, activities. Sometimes we do like little workshops and how tos and whatnot in there too. And then we have a Reiki master that does. Reiki for certain tiers, um, bi-monthly in there. And then if you're a citrine, like tier, the top tier, then you get, um, monthly 15 minute readings from me and then a 30 minute every quarter. So I'm a busy bee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a good thing. I have like all this excess energy cause that's what it goes to. <laughs> now I know. At one point, you had a brick and mortar shop, right? I did, yeah. And then you had a podcast. What made you want to do these things? Because that was a witchy shop, right? It was. So I closed that in 2019, and that was the same year that I started the podcast. And I started the, I wanted the witchy shop because I felt like there was like witchy people here, but like kind of, you know, COVID, like 
undercover witchy people. And we didn't have a metaphysical shop. We didn't have a place for people to go and feel like, you know, they were a part of something. And that's what that shop gave people. I had people just come in and hang out because they were like, oh my gosh, I can be a weirdo in here and this is awesome. Um, I had some health things happen and that's why I closed the shop. It was like May 30th, I think was my last day in there on in 2019. But I had started the podcast kind of earlier that year for the same reasons, mostly because I was lonely. <laughs> um, I was kind of lonely and I felt isolated and I did have friends there, but most of them are like super young. So I'm an old person. <laughs> I didn't, you know, they weren't like my friends. They're more like, teach me stuff. And I get that. But I also wanted to like share knowledge. And the most questions I got, like from these people that would come into the shop and ask about witchy stuff, they would be like, well, I feel like I can't really be a witch and I can't do this thing because of all these reasons. And usually it was like, I don't have enough time or oh, I'm going through a messy divorce or I don't have enough space in my room or my house, or I have this mental condition. And I would tell them, like, there's no reason, like, we all have, like, messy lives. We're freaking human. I am a hot mess. And I still am a witch. (laughs) And so I wanted to start a podcast to share both sides, like, my mundane life that is an absolute shit show and my witchy life. And to show people that we are fallible, we are messy, but we can also still be a witch and be a messy human. And to show people that they're not alone in that. So that's why I started the podcast and to create community online. Because I know like we're pretty spread out here. Like the next like quote unquote big town from where I live is 60 miles away. And then like the next big one from them is about the same. So we're very, very spread out. It's hard to get like local groups to get together because of weather and distance. So I thought, why not create something online, you know, with the podcast that we can connect that way too. And you're in Nebraska. I am. I'm in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. What does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch? So, I mean, it changes. So at this part of my life, because I think we all evolve and it's going to mean different things in different parts of our lives. But for me now, I think it means that I'm connected to the earth and like the cycles. Um, I use plants and other natural materials and their energy to better my life through like spells and rituals. And it also means that as a witch, I am always going to stand up for the weirdos. (laughs) Like I'm a safe place to express your authentic self because I'm at a place in my like witchy life where I've been the weirdo that was the outcast. And now I'm the weirdo that's the outcast that is fine with that. And so I want to be there for others that, you know, feel alone. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) I recently had to answer that question for myself. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. (laughs) So do you have any daily practices that you will share with us? I know you do something interesting with crystals around your house, which I had not heard of until I heard that you did it. 
Okay, so daily practices. Um, I'll start or, with my. Or it doesn't have to be daily; just consistent. Yeah. So daily practices. I do have like my coffee ritual. I have a sigil that I have for motivation and creativity because that's my job. I need motivation and I need creativity to create content. So I have a sigil that I draw in my coffee dr- grounds every day. So that to me is like the beginning of my witchy day. <laughs> um, I meditate, I light my deity candles um, and I refresh their like little offering things. And I know that's like, I am a non-secular witch. So I do include deity honoring in my practice. I always draw, you know, a card or two for myself to see what the day, like the day's guidance. And that doesn't always have to be tarot. A lot of times I use Oracle because honestly, I will analyze the shit out of tarot cards until they make no sense to me. Then I usually will cleanse the house like with either a spray or smoke cleanse, depending on my allergy status at the time. And then I state my intentions for the day. Like I have a candle that I will like state my intentions into and then I burn it. Hmm. So and those are tea lights because it doesn't take very long for them to burn out and you can buy like hundred of them at the dollar store for like $2.99 or whatever. So I will like say it into my tea light, light that thing and let that burn out. So that's kind of that. So the crystal thing is, are you talking about my gridding? Yeah, maybe the outside warning ones. So the ones I do outside, so I have them buried on my property. <laughs> um, Are those the ones you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the uh, four corners of my our property lines, I have crystals that are, and uh, some other things buried um, to create a ward. So I have essentially gridded the property lines, and then I did grid the inside of my house as like a double layer, and I did a ritual to use as a barrier. So negative shit entities I don't want in here. Um, that kind of thing, that's going to like hit that barrier first. And I do get a little bit of a um, feedback then like psychically, if those things have been um, breached, it's like a little early detection warning system. (laughs) And then I will like feel that and, and I will know then. And then I have the ones inside the house and that's like my second line of defense because I'm paranoid bitch. I mean, me too. So I have a question about the inside ones. I know you have someone who inhabits your house and has before you moved in. Yes. And one who likes yellow. Yes. And loves yellow. Yes. Is it like you, do you have it set like for when you have like the thing in your house where your dog won't set it out off or does she Uh set it off? No, she won't. I she has free reign um of the house. She's extremely kind Polish woman. Um she just really likes yellow. <laughs> she um is very respectful. She does not come in my witch cave cuz she absolutely hates it because it's full of witchy stuff and it's painted black. So she just doesn't come in here by choice. But the rest of the house she kind of pops in and out of Mostly when I'm destroying something. So if I'm like, why can't I? Yeah. I pulled out the yellow carpet and she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's old. It's got, you know, so many allergens in it. And I tried to explain this to her and she was like, okay, that makes sense. But I did let her know I'm not putting yellow carpet back in this house. Like, 
No. <laughs> I cannot sell this house with yellow carpet. So so she comes in and out as she pleases. I have, like, when I do spells and wards, I always have caveats. Um, just like you hear, like, that the unharmed nun kind of caveat you can put in spells. I always have for her, like, an exception to the rule. Like, keep out everybody that, you know, doesn't need to be in here except for Anne. She can stay. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have, I do have something weird that I don't know if, if other people have these but I have this is really weird so I bought a whole bunch of unpainted ceramic like animals from um a lady and I'm talking like I bought like two dozen of them so they're like cats and angels and all kinds of shit dinosaurs and I painted them all black because I'm weird um but also I stuffed them with like protective crystals and little protective satchels and I created some of them. Not all of them have this, but some of them have a cognitive, like, they're aware. So if you know what a thought form is, that's what these things are. And they are the thing that gives me the actual, this is happening. Somebody is trying to get in your yard. Somebody is trying to do this to you. Um, somebody's throwing you some shitting magic your way, that kind of thing. That's what their job is. So I have programmed those specifically to show me when somebody is throwing me crap magic. So that's a little brontosaurus. Excuse me, ma'am. I know I do. I have like, and it's funny because I wanted to scare off the neighborhood children because I am evil and I cannot stand kids like yelling around my house. So I painted them all with little glow in the dark yellow eyes and then like put them under my trees and stuff. So it does look pretty creepy at night. So yeah, I'm the weirdo in town, but they do have a purpose. So yeah, be careful with thought forms. Look that shit up and how to deprogram them if you're going to do a thought form. (laughs) That's important. Do do you have any family history with witchcraft as as like family of witches? I don't. Not that I know of. My grandma, like to me, she's like a kitchen witch that just doesn't claim it. <laughs> but um, no, there's no family that I know of. Do you have moments where you can look back at your own life and think, oh, that's what that was? Oh, absolutely. I know that I was a very connected child like when I say I was a weird kid I mean it I was really weird I would see what I called I called them my dots so I would go this is gonna sound really weird I would go into the closet at night and shut the door with the light off and I would see these bright colored dots these orbs and I would talk to them and to me they would talk back to me and I would tell them about my day and they would like make cute little like swirlies in the air to entertain me. And usually this was, I would go in there because I had had a really bad day at school or with my parents or something, you know, was just not good. So I would go in there to find comfort. And I know now, like those were my spirit guides. Those were like my ancestors. And that was like me connecting (laughs) with the spirit world and, you know, I would try to tell like my sister, I like dragged my sister into the closet, into a dark closet one time. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you got to see these dots. They're so beautiful. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I drag her in there and I shut off the light and she's like, I'm scared. I'm like, no, 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 it's not scary at all. And, (laughs) 
Yeah. And I'm like, do you see them? Look at them. I'm like, they're coming towards your face. And she started screaming and like left. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. And mind you, she's like three. Like she's like three and that would make me six. And she's like running out of the closet. Like, oh, hell no. My sister's insane. She ended up telling my mom and my mom was like, don't make things up to scare your sister. That's not nice. Stay out of the closet at night. And they would like make this rule that I had to leave the closet light on at night. And then I would just get up and turn it off and do my thing and then turn it back on and go to bed. So, yeah, that's one thing that really stands out to me is connecting to like, you know, this, the, the other realm as a really, really young child. What would you say is your biggest motivator in your practice? (sighs) Biggest motivator. My biggest motivator is probably knowledge. Like, I don't ever want to stop evolving So, like, every time I feel like I'm, I'm, like, complacent in my knowledge, like, I'm like, oh, I'm good. (laughs) Then I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I need to learn more. I need to get better at this or that. Like, that's a big motivator for me because I have, like, a constant need to, like, learn all I can because I hyperfixate on things. That's just part of my personality. So, that is a huge though motivator for me is to get better and to learn more because you you can never learn everything about one thing. I really truly believe that you can never totally be complete in learning something. It's just always going to be, there's something more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's a big motivator. Yeah. What brings you the most joy in your practice? Oh man, it's the little things. I think. So this is going to sound cheesy, but because, because I practice witchcraft, I think that I see and find joy in the little things easier. So like going outside in my yard and seeing like one tiny little like wild violet pop up that like I will like lose my shit and take a zillion pictures of this one violet in my yard that like volunteered to pop up. And that like, oh, that brings me joy. And like the way the moonlight will fall on my skin and I can like feel the energy. It's it's made me so aware of all of the things that can bring me joy. You know, I think that in itself is is the one is the biggest thing that I find joy from in my practice is the little things. Does that make sense? Or is that just completely like messy? I don't think it's completely messy, but also yes, but it also makes sense. All of it. Right. (laughs) All of the above. Yes. I choose D. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. I find joy in like in my practice because my practice is nature and my practice is the little things that makes it. I know that doesn't like make complete sense, but in my head, it totally does. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is your best experience with your practice? The thing you, you think back and that's your favorite thing to think about. Actually, one of the best experiences I've had lately, I did a spell, a big spell, to bring 
to us a property where we can like break, we wanted to build our dream home and our dream home consists of like an eco-friendly, all solar, like even a solar well and, you know, have a big garden. But I also wanted a place where I could have my um, animals, my horses, have a big garden. And because I have like super, super big anxiety and my husband does as well, we wanted it kind of close to town so that I can get to medical help if we needed it. I know that sounds really paranoid, but we are who we are. (laughs) So I did this huge spell. I like, I was tired for like, it was just crazy big. And then not too long later, um, a woman offered us a property that like matched this perfectly in exchange for some manual labor that she needed done. And it was like, it was perfect. And I just remember getting that news and I was like, oh my God, like it's, it just fell into place so beautifully. And it was out of nowhere that it happened. Like I was just, my husband was like, did you do this? And I'm like, I don't know, but it fits. So I'm claiming it. Like, (laughs) like I was so excited and my husband excited. And like right now we're in the, we're currently like cleaning the property up. It's very, very overgrown. There's a lot of trees that are dead and we're cleaning it up the old buildings um, that we can salvage. We're rebuilding them and it's just very exciting. So I think that's right now my like most favorite experience currently. When you told that story, mm-hmm. like the first time I heard it, it was yeah. amazing. I mean, it's still right? good now, but it was yeah. so good. <laughs> right. It's just, it's still like, it's, oh, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it, you know, and it just, uh, it just taught, it taught me that if you do the mundane stuff, then add the craft to it, that like huge things are possible. It, it really, really did. Like we did the things we went and we're searching for properties and we put it out there that we were looking and, you know, we did the mundane stuff, but I also did the craft stuff and my husband did the manual labor stuff because I couldn't do it because it's with a tractor. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can use a tractor, but in that instance, it's tearing down an old house and I would have done you a lot. No mechanics for that. Yeah. Like, like uh, yeah. Engineering crap. Yeah. I would have torn down the house and the house would have fallen on me. So <laughs> it would have been really bad. Also, there was like, it was haunted. There was a... um, Yeah, that was interesting too. Yeah, it was, there was spirits there. (laughs) So I did get to get rid of those first. So I did get to do that part of it that the owner did not know about, but that was needed. Yeah. You talked about that in your podcast, right? I did. That's why I heard it. So everybody go listen to that episode because it's really (laughs) interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was creepy. Like the, when my husband went to like, just look at the structure and see how sound it was. Like he hit, he hit the side of the building and like out of the top floor window, like some kind of like rock flew at him. (laughs) Just don't hit my house. (laughs) Yeah. He called me. He's like, do you have any of those like protection bag things? Cause I think I'm going to need one protection bag things yeah i'm like yeah i can get you i'll make one for you honey i'm like why and he told me i'm like that's gonna need more than a protection bag now how do you deal with imposter syndrome oh man 
Ugh, I have it bad. So I'm cheesy and I use mantras. Honestly, they work for me. I know that not everybody, it works for everybody else, but it works for me. I say them in the mirror before, like, or after I brush my teeth. Like lately, the the thought that like the intrusive thought about that is that big creators, big witchy creators, like think I'm stupid. Like most of them know I even exist. Like they're like, Danae, who? What, what? But lately that's what I think. So I've been saying into the mirror things like my knowledge and my experience in witchcraft is valid and I do not need the approval of other witches. Like I've been saying that into the mirror like every day for like three weeks, <laughs> but that's, that's how I deal with it. And then also I limit my time on social media when it comes to other witchcraft pages. I know that sounds like, oh my gosh, you don't listen to other witches. And like, honestly, most of the shit on social media, especially like Twitter is super toxic. <laughs> so I try to stay off Twitter pretty much all. I will now and then tweet something, but a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I see on there is pretty shitty. So limit your social media. That helps. Now this might be going back to it. What is what it what do you feel is your biggest struggle when it comes to your practice? Uh, my mental health, actually. <laughs> it's kind of the same. So like I have a bipolar uh disorder and I also have um ADHD and that tends to affect how I practice. So if I want to manifest something and I want to do a spell to like, I don't know, just say I want to bring a spell to like break down some manifesting walls, like, you know, or something like that. And I'm going through a depressive stage or cycle. uh, It's not going to (laughs) work because I am bummed. I'm not going to believe in myself. Like all the energy that I have is not going to work because it's all bleh. So I can't, I can't do those kinds of spells when I'm in my slump. So instead I will just focus on, you know, the mundane stuff, self-care, whatever. And I'll wait until I am swinging back up to, you know, feeling a little bit better. For me, it's my mental health. And a lot of times social media affects my mental health. If I see a lot of large creators shitting on other people's practices, that will worm its way into my head and it'll kind of screw with my brain. I'm like, oh my God, they're totally talking about me. When they're not, um, they don't, like I said, they probably don't know, know I exist, but like in those times when I'm not like mentally strong and I am kind of floundering, it really affects what kind of spells I can do and how much time I spend doing my practice. (laughs) Because at that point I'm like, screw it. I don't want to do anything. (laughs) And it's okay. Sometimes it's okay to just take a damn break and take lots of naps was pretty much what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that's, that seems to be how social media affects you, which is a question I had. Uh, How how do you feel you use social media to affect other people? Man. So I think uh, I have to think about using that carefully. And I try to be very careful about how I use social media because I know that I have a voice and I know that people listen. Um, So I focus on, 
empowerment. I try to focus on empowerment of others and advocating because if you've looked at my posts at all, a lot of them are advocating for mental health, mm-hmm. the destigmatization of, you know, you should be okay with saying yes. Yeah, I have this or that and that's okay. It shouldn't um, make you feel it shouldn't make you feel like you're less of a person or less of a witch if you have anything going on in that department. Also, if if there's stuff going on that I think that someone else would be a much better voice to listen to, I shut up. <laughs> I don't speak on it because it's not my place. And um, as much as I want to, because I got opinions about everything, <laughs> I try to not speak on those things. So like, say, when things about, man, I have to tread lightly. So things specifically about POC issues. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I will share their posts on. I will share their information, but I am not the person that, the, I'm not the voice you should be listening to. You should be listening to other POCs about whatever that subject is. So that's how I try to use social media is to uplift the voices that need to be listened to. And if it's something that I have, I guess, experience in that I can speak on, then I do. And I I try really hard not to make anyone else feel small when I do post on social media. I'm sure I failed at some point, but I really do try not to make someone else feel like a piece of shit. (laughs) Everybody feels at everything sometimes. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Do you feel like you owe anything to your listeners? Oh my God. Yes, I do. I feel like I want to give them the support and the loyalty and all the love that they've given me. There are, there are listeners that have been with the podcast since day one, (laughs) since uh, January of 2019. It is 2022. So absolutely, I feel like I owe them loyalty and support and I want to give them good content. And often I feel like I fail at the episodes and the things that I put out. So it always just makes me want to do better. How has witchcraft changed your life? It has, it's empowered me. Like when I was a teenager, I had a very weird experience as a teen, which I think a lot of people do. And it gave me, (laughs) everybody has a weird, like teen, being a teenager is just weird. Yeah, it is. I don't ever want to do that again. Screw that. But it empowered me. Like, I remember picking up, uh, you know, Silver Raven. You have to, I'm sorry. I don't care if anybody thinks she's problematic. It was 1991 or three years. It's what we had. Yes, it's what we had. It gave me a way to express myself. It empowered me. It gave me a way to, like, know how. Like, I knew I was connected to the earth and to the seasons. And it gave me a way to, like, organize those thoughts. And, and now like, and throughout my life, it's just compounded and given me more ways to connect to the earth and more ways to connect to humanity and other people, which I struggle with. I, um, I didn't grow up in a household where it was like hugs and things were okay. And I'm getting better at that and better at connecting with others. And witchcraft has given me that. 
it has shown me a part of humanity that is good and that supports each other. I know there's a lot of bad in the witchcraft community sometimes, but it's also something that has given me good things. What's something you wish was discussed more in the witch community? Oh, doing your own research. I think that I wish that more people would talk about it's great to get information from other people. That's fine. Um, information that you can't find in a book, information that you can't find, whatever, super specific stuff. But when somebody is DMing other creators asking for the properties of um, Rosemary, that's not okay. Like what? that? Yes. Like Google is free. Google is free. <laughs> and I don't think enough people are talking about the importance because it's not just a, a lazy thing. It's a, hey, this will help your practice. Being able to take on that responsibility and empower yourself to find your own answers is important in order to have, have that as a part of your practice. So like, go get that rosemary from the store or the grocery store or the dollar store, whatever it is. Go get it. Google it. See what the properties are and see what they traditionally from like three or four sites. Look and see what they have in common. Then go get it. Hold it. How do you feel about this herb in your hand? What does it make you feel? Burn it. How does it make you feel when you burn it? Eat the damn thing. What is it like energetically? How's your body feel when you eat it? Don't um, don't eat things, peep folks. Don't just eat things unless it's a food. Yeah. Rosemary, you can eat, but I would not eat like resins and other, yeah, you know what I mean. Be smart, people. I but you it. can actually <laughs> use the herb and see how you feel about it. That's yeah, don't just you... look it up in, in Cunningham's yeah. brown book that I forget yes. about. Yes, that needs to be talked about more, like using the herb and seeing how you as an individual feels about it. Because how I feel about rosemary is not going to be the same as how you feel about it or my friend feels about it. Like that is the thing I think needs to be talked about more. And that empowers witches. That, that gives you more control over your own practice. I have like a lot of field guides to plants and actual like botany books because we should know those things. Those are like sciencey stuff. I think we should know the sciencey stuff because that's actual people that have done the science, like you're talking actual like research research about plants and that is just as important as the the metaphysical properties of plants to me learning about witchcraft is learning about the 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 real life stuff about it and you know the mundane and the magical you can't have one without the other you know as above so below means a lot of things science blends so much for me with magic though because we understand things so differently as time passes yes absolutely now is I, this may be going back to that same question okay. what, would you, what would you tell someone just starting out <sighs> i would tell somebody <laughs> because i've been through things i would tell you when you get your information from someone whether it's a teacher or a fellow practitioner or whatever get another source like don't take someone's word for it i don't care how many generations of witchcraft they have in their family or how many 
made up titles that they have for themselves. You need to take their word for what it is and then go, cool, that's awesome information. And then go find other sources. It's very much on the same lines as what we just talked about. But <laughs> yes, go find other sources. And also, don't let other witches make you feel small. If someone in the witchcraft community is purposely making you feel small, bye. Like, they are not for you. <laughs> they are. It's a big world. You ain't got to listen to that. Exactly. And I see that so much, that posturing and bullshit. And, I'm a priestess. Oh, God. Are you? <laughs> yes. Like, really? Are you? Do you know what that word means? Like, I don't think you know that that's, that word actually means. But yes, no. If they make you feel small, please don't. Please don't engage in that. Just walk away. You're not going to change them. So just walk away. Now, what would you like to hear? currently in the place in life and your practice where you are now, what would you like to hear from somebody who has more experience than you do? I would like to hear them tell people that we are all fallible, that everybody makes um, mistakes and we are human and that we are no less a witch from failure. What do you want them to tell you? That's what I want them to tell me and the rest of the world. But you already know that. (laughs) But I don't. Like, sometimes I can tell people that because I know that it's true. But then that freaking imposter syndrome will sneak into me. And Mm. it's making me believe it for myself. I can tell somebody else that because I believe it for them. But it's hard for me to believe that for myself. I, yeah. Who would you say are the three biggest influences on your practice or what? (sighs) I have books because books are how I learned and I wrote them down. So Silver Ravenwolf, Buckland and Scott Cunningham. Those books I had in my possession and they were like gold to me. Um, I learned about herbs. I learned about ceremonial magic and I learned like the first one I had was the silver Raven wolf one. Um, and I think it came out in 1993, which would have made me, I don't even want to tell you cause I don't make, I'm old, <laughs> but I remember finally getting my hands on one. And up to that point, the only kind of contact I had with other witches would have been like AOL chat. <laughs> And maybe not even that. It might have been before that. Those books um, gave me purpose and taught me, like, it organized my thoughts about something I was very, very interested in. And it made me hungry for more info. It, like, was, like, the beginning of my quest for, like, all of the knowledge. So those authors, like, really shaped who I am now as a witch. Who would you like to here on the show answering these sorts of questions i i love thorn mooney's attack like approach to the witchcraft community and witchcraft in general i think she would have some really cool answers to these questions she wrote the thor uh the witch's path is one of her latest books but she's got a really great down-to-earth approach about witchcraft subjects. So I think she would be amazing to hear from. 
Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up or that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I know. So I've been toying around with the idea because 2022 is just the year of chaos, right? It's just chaos. Um, What would happen? I want to hear what you have to say and maybe your, your listeners. What would happen if I drank the full solar eclipse water from 2000? Was it that 2017 when that happened? I don't know. Yeah. So we were at ground zero. Like our ranch had, we were like literally. Yeah. So I got a bunch of solar eclipse water from that day. And I've been like, it's 2022 is just chaos anyway. Like (laughs) what if I drank some of that solar eclipse water? Like I know. Go for it. I say do it. Right. If it's not filled with weird bacteria. Like I have an iron stomach. Chug, chug, Right. I have an iron stomach. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. I think I put a little vitamin. I try to put vitamin E in each of my waters because that helps preserve it for a little bit. I can't remember if I did for that one or not. But there's no like big chunky cloudy stuff. Make it a pay-per-view. That's what I'm like. Maybe, maybe we'll drink it and see what happens in my life after I drink chaos water. Oh, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> I know. Maybe I'll get, I'll send you a vial. Be like, let's all drink chaos water. <laughs> shots, 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 shots. <laughs> I'm down. I'm I'm here for it. I think so. We can all get on Zoom and make it a Zoom live. I think so. I think it would be awesome. We all should drink chaos water together. We all go down together. (laughs) I'm not responsible for what happens afterwards. The last part. Okay. Two things that are not technically questions. Okay. Number one. Okay. Please recommend something for the listeners. Anything at all. Anything? It doesn't have to be witch related. I've recommended a TV show. Mm. Gosh, put me on the spot. Um, I ooh, growing. I'm trying to think of the cool things that I like to do. <laughs> I like to do so much. I am a Gemini. I do, and I have ADHD. What am I into lately? Actually, I have this. I, right now I have a really cool, it's a nerd book though. So I don't, I don't know. It's called the year of pagan prayer by Barbara Nolan. And it's got all kinds of pagan prayers and hymns and things from 4,000 years of pagan history. So I am having so much fun reading it. It's kind of nerdy. Um, if you like history and you like like things from Apollo and it's very, interesting i have read about half of it half of it so far like right now i just clipped or flipped to this is from the homeric hymn to pan and there's one for pan here's one for um there's invocations to all these things to the muses it's just amazing and i love it there's 450 plus poems hymns prayers and blessings yes i love it it's kind of expensive but it's awesome cool yeah the second thing is please tell me a story that you love to tell okay a story that i love to tell i live a strange life what's your favorite one the one that makes you laugh the hardest oh god 
Oh my God. There's so many. I know that some of my people may know this one, but so as I've said, I have bipolar disorder and before I was medicated for said disorder. So my thing is, uh, this is funny. I promise. My thing is I have no impulse control when I'm on my high thing, when I'm in my manic phase. So I buy shit, ridiculous things. Okay. So, oh, so I have, I love horses and I have these horses. They're called fell ponies and they're like these really thick, black, beautiful, really hairy ponies that I ride. Anyway, I have one of them and she's awesome. And the one time during one of my manic episodes, I'm sitting on the couch and I, I did two things. So... I was like, oh my gosh, I saw on Facebook that the breeder of the horse that I have, the, the her mommy uh, had another baby and it's a filly, it's a girl horse. And so it would be a full sister to the horse I have now. So I, Brad was sitting on the other side of the couch and I showed him a picture. I'm like, oh my God, look, it's, it's Ivy's sister. And he's like, oh my God, she's so cute. My manic brain heard from oh my god he's so or she's so cute you should probably buy that horse that's what I heard <laughs> loud and clear so what did I do immediately boop, 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 on my phone I texted the breeder I put down a deposit my horse okay yeah so I didn't tell Brad because after I did that I'm like well did he really want me to buy the horse? Eh. And so I went on my very way because during a manic episode, everything's good. Everything's happy. Woo, woo, woo. So I went on my merry way. A few days went by and I start to like kind of come down off of this. And I'm like, hey, honey. <laughs> so I need to tell you I did something before you look at the bank account. And I told him, he's like, why would you do that? I'm like, you basically said yes. And he was like, what part of that's that she's really cute. Did you get you should buy this horse? And I'm like, I don't know. I just really felt like I needed to have this horse. And it was for my own money. And he was like, okay, whatever. We have this horse. Well, he was kind of a little butthurt because he wanted to like buy this like extra vehicle or something to like restore. And so he was butthurt about it. And so he was like giving me like little jabs, like, <laughs> like I would buy this, but I can't kind of jabs. So to get back at him, I, he hates, um, oh, what are they called? A hollyhocks, right? You know what hollyhock is? Some kind of flower. I remember this story, this part of the story, because I saw you post this. Yeah. Oh, God. So he hates hollyhocks with a passion. And I don't know why. They're just a fucking flower. So Holland Bulbs was having a sale where you could buy 150 bulbs of hollyhocks for like $30. Um, so I, like, revenge bought 150 <laughs> Plants. <laughs> so I revenge bought 150 hollyhocks so that he will know <laughs> that that's why I bought those plants because he was a jerk about the whole horse thing. <laughs> he was like, why would you do that? I'm like, because you were mean about it. 
<laughs> yeah. So I don't know where I'm going to put 150 hollyhocks, but they will definitely be where he can see them every time. <laughs> in and every out. window. Oh my God, they're going to be 150. It's a lot. I didn't realize how much 150 was until I started trying to plan out my garden and where I'm going to put flowers this year. <laughs> like, oh my God. Offer them to the people across the street from your house. Oh, good call. Good call. <laughs> like, there's so many. So, yeah. And then he won't be able to say anything. He can't even dig them up because it's in their yard. No, and the thing with hollyhocks is they spread like wildfire and nothing kills them. Like, they come back year after year after year and they just spread. Gorilla so, plant your entire neighborhood. <laughs> so, yeah. So, 150 hollyhocks will turn into like. 300 hollyhocks easy by next year yeah so they're basically revenge flowers spite flowers yeah we'll call them spite flowers (laughs) that's how i roll (laughs) oh yeah good times well thanks for coming on the show (laughs) thanks for having me i appreciate it and I will see you around on the internet. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at Your Average Witch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key, click on Your Average Witch Podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkimscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes. <laughs>